Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our free discovery call. If you're unsure how to start or build a consistent brand, let's talk. Just go to danielleclarkcreative.com to book your free discovery call and see how you can create a brand that helps you win more customers and reach your goals. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Today, I'm joined by Wes Henstock on the Build Better Brands podcast. And Wes is known for being a brand consultant. He's, he's AKA is confidential. Um, he is level C certified and I know him very well. And I've invited him along today to talk about brand and running a business because he knows quite a lot about both. So Wes, thanks for being here, mate. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Not at all. Um, when, as soon as I knew that I was going to be doing a podcast, you were one of the first people where I was like, you know what, I need to get, I need to get Wes on. How can I not have Wes on? Um, so here we are. And obviously you've been in the industry for a long time. Um, I won't say how long because maybe you don't want to divulge how old you are. Um, but yeah, you've been doing it for a while, Wes. Um, tell us, tell us a bit about you and how you got started. Mm, where do I start? Um, I guess, I guess. Uh, well, I'm not afraid to say how long I've been doing this. I guess I've, I'm coming up to 17, 18 years. Um, started out as a wee nipper um, in fashion, weirdly. Um, but there is a reason why I'm bringing that up because that's how I fell into brand. A long time ago, um, I think early 2000s, 2002, um, and you might not know this, is probably as long as you know me, but I started, I actually got a gig, um, as always, kind of uh, went high and ended up getting a role that I never thought I'd get, and I helped launch Puma North America, kids, and it just happened to be that uh, in the same building in New York where we were, even though Puma was based in Boston, um, there was other people and brands and uh, obviously departments around that were helping relaunch this this brand Puma Kids back into North America. Uh, I think it had been seized in 1996 uh, and Puma was going through that whole movement in the early 2000s of kind of rejuvenating and bringing back the Carolina shoe and, and all that. So I saw firsthand how branding should actually be. And being a wee naive kid, I was still thinking that branding was the cliche colors, logo, yeah, logo. <laughs> I actually saw firsthand how these guys were actually rebuilding this and building this brand back into society um, through, you know, consumers through consumer engagement, um, and we're talking like pre kind of social media there, so proper like old school way, and it, it just always stuck with me, and even to the point where Puma were actually designing directly for the consumer at that point, using a European designer for a European brand, but also 
trying to key into a, a, a niche demographic, which was A, North America, A, a brand that kind of flopped, and C, children, babies, you know? So I got a first hand of like how that should be. And then, you know, fast forward seven, eight, nine years later, I ended up getting um, a role uh, at SME Branding, um, which is like America's kind of largest sports branding agency. Um, and that's kind of where I really kind of picked up um, my understanding of brand. Uh, the first guy that ever kind of talked to me about brand in a language that I loved and understood, because uh, I'm kind of a geek, was a guy called Ed O'Hara. Um, What's his name really, again? Uh, Ed O'Hara. So he's okay. really famous within kind of the sports sector in North America, uh, in nonprofit organizations, in higher education. Uh, and at the time, he was obviously the owner of... SME branding, they've just changed that. They just merged now. I think they're called like Modu. Um, but that was the first time I'd kind of been put in a position. I got brought in as a creative director of a branding agency. And so was fully expected to understand brand and know brand and understand how brand works and then direct it creatively. Um, so a big task. Like I, I literally took it on the chin. Um, yeah, huge task. And within, within six months working with David Beckham, bringing Beckham in um, with Galaxy, um, you know, working on, on the Miami Marlins project. Like, he works with David Beckham? Oh, the brand, um, not not him directly, yeah, but, but it was the time when he was he was coming back into America. I think he was into Milan, wow. and they were bringing him back in into LA Galaxy. Um, you know, we rebranded the Miami Marlins. I was really kind of involved in very huge commercial entities making big decisions um with with wisdom that I kind of found myself but somebody that actually found the belief in me to articulate it and deliver it where at the time I was kind of just bumbling along soaking knowledge up information surrounding myself by people that I mean in New York you're surrounded by creatives all the time and very high caliber creatives if you find them and want to choose them and if you you know still to this day I try and surround myself with people that I want to be or at least I talk to people that I want to be because I think that's how you learn and that's how you grow and having the New Yorker kind of soul is is, you know you you fake it till you make it but you actually don't you just you just soak it and then you use it and you use it at the right time and it's like a little weapon you know and and at that point that's when it happened and if Ed ever listens to this now (laughs) or Paul Seward who actually hired me um yeah, I didn't know as much as they thought I did. Um, and, you were um, yeah, winging it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say winging it, but you know, you just you you you're using the knowledge that you have and you find at the right time to impress. I think is probably the clever way to put it. Yeah, no, I, and I think the thing that stood out for me then was when you were talking about you know surrounding yourself with the right people in order yeah. to. Uh, as you said soak up you know their knowledge and and surrounding yourself with people that are are at the stage that you kind of want to be at you know they're a a bit ahead but but they're they are where you want want to be heading sort of thing yeah there's a sorry there's a there's a theory that I live by and it's a metaphor about standing on top of a mountain and if you stand on top of that mountain, the only people that you can see around you are the other people on the mountains. 
surrounding you. You can't see anybody else below. And if, if you treat those people, you know, those circles that you want to be in and you count those people on top of those mountains, they're the people that you're going to see. And they're the people that you're going to take that advice and learning and, and hopefully influence others too. Sorry to put you off. No, it's fine. No, I totally agree. And, and that's something that I've learned a lot recently. It's, you know, you, I used to hear the term a lot especially when I was at uni it's not what you know it's who you know and I didn't really I didn't fully understand it if I'm honest I used to think why is it just like okay if you're if your dad works at a company like you're gonna get a job I thought it was more that but having recently started my own business what I realize now is that it's about the relationships that you make and and people ultimately liking you and trusting you as an individual that's the that's where it kind of all starts um you can know as much as as possible about brand or you know whatever else it is that you do you could be an expert but what I've realized is that if people don't really like you (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to happen no matter how good you are it's about relationships isn't it yeah definitely um so obviously you know a lot about brand and Mm. you it sounds to me like you've got some really important you know brand values that you follow um how do you communicate those to potential clients and people that you work with and how important do you think it is to do that um that's quite ironic but I don't actually I can say this hand on heart. I've, I've never actually had a client that has never known me indirectly, like, before. So I think my morals live proud, and uh, I've never voiced them, but it's all about over-delivery. It's all about over-expectation. It's all about, um, um, as you just said, it's, it's, it's growing a relationship and collaborating with your client, with the person you are branding, whether that's CEO, where you're doing personal branding, or you're... Or you're you know, branding a company, a service, organization, whatever. Um, it's all about that that relationship because that relationship will then act as your marketing vessel. Um, I don't market. I don't, you know, you go to my website, I don't put my work on. It, it's a, it's a, a decision I've made because I want people to buy into me. I don't want people to buy into the colourful things that I've created or the brands I've worked with, even though they're on there, but I don't show my work. I made a conscious effort to do that and take it down after talking to Marty Numia like one day is, is, you know, he's the people need to buy into you. And once they buy into you, they'll, they'll listen to you. You touched upon um, selling and, you know, how you sell things. And I think that's how you are. I was talking to Philip Oakley the other day, a good friend of mine who's on level C who are now, speak to you quite a lot and we were talking about this the other day like from a LinkedIn post is what would you tell graduates I think you're gonna you know you've mentioned something later that you might talk about but that that is all about how you sell in the idea because people you are talking to they're not visual they're not visual people you know the only other visual people around you are designers and designers will critique you on, on, on your visual kind of representation so going back to the question I think it's more about you know that word of mouth, that that literal brand that we actually talk about, you know, the Trustpilot review, not what I deliver, not what I wear, not what I colour in. It, it's the Trustpilot review. That's your brand. And that that is what gets me the work. 
and they you know that that's what I live by I, I will literally hold your hand and and carry you across the line you know I was on a call yesterday at 7 a.m with a client in Germany because their brand is going through you know funding and they need help from demographics to help with their business plan you know and yeah the, the relationship is 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 open um I don't want to go into too many details, but like, you know, it gets personal, like there's tears, there's emotion and there's a Zoom that shuts off and five minutes later it's back and you're holding them hand telling you can do it and you believe in them. And I actually believe in this brand. I wouldn't say that, but yeah, it, it is literally, I, I want to be your friend. Like, you know, I am here to help and I am here to put my heart on the line and say, I believe in what, we're doing is right and what we will do will win and i don't really have a bad track record of brands yeah <laughs> that's really that like, ego kind of centric but if anything the brands i leave don't really survive which is weird um my dad called me the grim reaper after like, the third one <laughs> yeah well we both know a bit about that don't we <laughs> yeah but my dad literally said you like the grim reaper like you walk away and things start to crumble and it's weird when you look at that and I've never, I'm not one to talk myself up, but I've never, I've never voiced that to anyone either. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. And what I think this is one of the reasons why I just, I don't know, connected with you, I suppose, because you are genuine and, you know, those values, those things that you talk about are really important to me. And when I explain brand to people and what I do, and they ask me why, why I do what I do. Sometimes it's hard to explain, but it is this, it is really being able to, as you say, take something that you're super passionate about and have such a positive impact on, on people's lives, you know, people's dreams, hopes, aspirations. And, yeah. and, and brand is so powerful. Like I say to yeah. people, brand can change the world and, and some people look at me funny and, and others when I start mentioning big brands like Nike and Apple and, and, you know, Tesla and, and the way that mm. they're changing the world, that that's when they go, Oh, actually, yeah, you've got a point. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Microsoft, Google, our lives change every day. Completely. Because if I said Alexa, <laughs> that's all I need to say. Like, but you said Alexa to uh, turn your lights off didn't you <laughs> exactly but so in reference to that like if, if if people that don't understand how powerful brand is can think along those lines I don't think you need to say anymore no very true very true um we've talked a lot about brand really starting with you um yeah. that makes me kind of think you know, do you have to pay attention to the relationship that you then have with yourself when it comes to, you know, succeeding and, and starting your own business? Um, yeah. Now you're talking about that like mentally, talking about yeah, physically. Yeah, mindset. You... And I think, yeah, I think all of do. it a little bit. It's something yeah. I've had to address. And obviously we talked about that a little bit when we, we got on the call. Um mm. You have to pay attention to yourself and, and the relationship yeah. with yourself. Yeah. I think what I'd say is like, 
going back to what I just said before about having these this this brand of of West who is known as confidential, however you want to know me, but you have to make a split decision with a client whether you're going to let your emotional guards down and you're going to let these people into your life. And at that point, you have to kind of be transparent. And if things are emotionally bothering you, you need to be able to voice them and you also need to be prepared to take on the, the weight of the emotion that they're going to deliver back. And that's one thing you have to be conscious of. Secondly, I think it's all about looking after yourself, fatigue. Um, anyone that's listening to this, that, you know, you when you when you succeed, you will end up having clients, potentially global clients. Um, you can be on a call at 4 a.m. in the morning. You can be on a call at 11 a.m. at night. And you will probably not, you know, especially during a pandemic and how, how we've moved and changed our lives is, you know, I now work uh, a room at the side of a house. I've got two kids, you know, who are under five. They've got a life that lives around this room, as well as a partner who is a successful photographer. And you have to find a way, not only like work-life balance, I get that, it's very cliche, everyone says it, but you also have to find a way to, to fit in emotions and people and, and, and the people that are looking up and caring for you you know, you have to find them. And, so, you know, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it uh, is. I'm very committed. Um, as I said, I over-deliver. That's my, that's my brand promise. And, and if you need me, I'll be there. Um, and then I think thirdly is then starting to feed our bodies and feed our minds. Uh, I think I was just chatting to you before we got you know, onto this, but I've started taking new tropics and, and, feeding my mind and you know taking cognitive kind of herbal supplements um I've got like a little re, you know a regime that I do every day like it's awkward but the, the, the literal about there is and I'm, and I'm pointing for for viewers I'm pointing to a, a little hole in a shelf but there's my little nootropic corner and every morning I take that you know and I think it's crazy like I've, I've, I don't know if it's because I'm anxious and I'm stressed but or, or the, the the supplement I'm taking is just making me super kind of crazy, super powered. But I am, <laughs> I'm so much like sharper and awake. And yeah, I think nootropics definitely are the way forward. Anyone wants to look at it, you know, look at it, get on Amazon or anything and just look for nootropic supplements or cognitive mental support. And um, I've been taking them probably six months now and I, I would, I wouldn't not. I've yeah. got it on the Amazon auto subscription, mm. you know, every three months they get dropped without fail. Um, I can kind of relate because um, I, at the start of the year, I decided to see a nutritionist. Um, I suffer, for those of you who don't know, I suffer with eczema and I also suffer with IBS, which flares up when I get stressed. And um, I got to yeah. the point where... Um, I just, I wanted to to take control. Um, you know, being a business owner, it is very much, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm not working, things don't happen. So I was very mm -hmm. conscious that looking after my health was going to become even more of a priority. I, you know, sick days, sick pay does, doesn't exist when you're self-employed. Mm. <laughs> and so I started seeing a nutritionist. I completely changed my diet. Um, the nutritionist, um, um, she's actually agreed to be on um, 
the podcast as well. Her name's Sarah Bailey, so I'm going to be interviewing her at some point. So listen out for that. But she has, she's changed my life because she's not only made me focus on my nutrition, but also um, just focusing on giving my body the kindness of my attention. Yeah. And it sounds at first you think, oh, what does that mean? But like our bodies talk to us all the time. And because we're so busy and there's so much stuff going on, we almost forget that it's talking to us and we miss we miss all the signs, you know, the headaches, the, the fatigue, the stomach aches, those things that people say, oh, oh yeah, I've, I've got a headache again and we go and pop some pills when actually if you just start to focus on what you're eating you know, how much you're sleeping, how much water you're drinking and and the other stuff, you know, the, the stress levels, your mindset, mm. all of those things do improve. And and I don't get that three o'clock um, lull anymore. I used to get it and always like want chocolate and like sweet stuff. I, d- I don't know if you get that, um, <laughs> but I used to get it like three o'clock I'd be like oh man I need a hot chocolate or I need I need to pop to a shop and get some get some sweets Mm. and that's disappeared and I I feel so much better so yeah I think looking after yourself is really important um have there been any times where you've not looked after yourself and it's had an impact on your business yeah yeah I can't say I can't say that I would be lying if I said no. But yeah, I think in the very early stages, you, you, you're you growing into this, you're growing into your business, you're understanding how you work as a business, not only physically as a business, but how you literally as a person work as a business because you're holding it down. So yeah, you let things go. Um, I think, yeah, before the pandemic, I, I had some mad cold, which could have been the dreaded, you know, Miley Cyrus, who knows, but... Um, <laughs> yeah but I don't know and, and I, I just physically thought I, I, I just have to go back to bed and and even through all my years in New York like uh, for anyone listening in New York you know it's 24-7 hardcore you don't really take vacation I'd never since I was 20 really I mean I didn't take a vacation until 2005 when I first got there you know you just don't do that thing and I think at some point your body just goes mate you're turning it in and and I'm stopping you and yeah whether it was that or not but I was literally bed bound for like two three days which is very not like me um I think you'll probably know me you know me very well like I'm yeah. even on the worst hangover in the world I'll work you know yeah. and it, <laughs> it, it yes. took me out and I don't know what that was but yeah I think they'll get, they'll get to a point where you have to try and slow down um saying that I've took more holiday time in the last two years than I've ever took in my working career as since I started my business uh, and even if they're like two three days here or a day off here like I've never I've never managed to do that working in a corporation and yeah uh, that's it's, an interesting it's, point. it's shocking <laughs> yeah it is I actually um we were talking before and obviously I said that I've got uh, a week off not next week the week after but before that, I hadn't had, I haven't had really a holiday for some months, um, and I kind of missed it because I haven't got a boss saying to me or oh, take take your holiday, etc. 
So what I've done now for next year is I've booked out blocks of time off. Yeah. And now it's set in stone and it's happening. I'm going to make sure it happens. And I didn't have to ask anyone if I could do that, which was no, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've just done it. And that sense, that sense of freedom and knowing that you can do that, it's, mm. it's amazing. Yeah, totally. I don't. I, I don't think I'm the one who actually um, gets the reaps the reward of this like self-employed thing. It's definitely my partner. Um, that thing that you just said about blocking out times and diaries. I just see things appear in my diary, and I have to. T- I have to take that time off. <laughs> so that's that's a, another plus of a, a working relationship and a and I guess a joint diary. Uh, the boss says yeah you're off and that's it and I have to make that work I think on your point though like what you do have to learn as a business owner going back to your point you can put your auto response on but at the end of the day you need to be able to carry that those brand values through especially like what I was talking about me always being there and and so you have to find a way to do that um and it's all about you know the I guess the pre-agreement you know like if I'm going to be away, I can respond, but I might not be straight away. And 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 again, it's it's growing that relationship and being transparent with your your client or your consumer. If you let them know and they've got an upfront agreement with you, and I'm using that term as the sales term, but if you've got an up, upfront agreement, then there's no there's no unexpected failures or disappointments, you know. And again, it's it's confidence and confidence in delivering the truth very early and upfront. I think that's something else that I believe in as well yeah and I think that's another reason why having a good relationship with your clients is so important because when when stuff potentially you know sometimes goes wrong or plans need to change you know you want to be working with a client that trust you and appreciates that you're you know you're doing your best but something's happened and, and yeah. you need to tweak it and, yeah. and look what happened this year like you don't know when COVID's going to strike yeah and touch wood I probably jinx myself by saying <laughs> this but I, I, I haven't had it yet but there, there's people that even I've had working for or with where it's happened and then what happens then you have to I'm hand on heart I've still got people be like I need this today like and I'm like me I'm I'm gonna try my best but you have to hear me out I'm stuck I don't know what to do you know what I mean and yeah again I think that this this dreaded c word has probably put us to tests that we never thought we'd have to experience but it's also made us realize that you know there's an open world there there's a it's no longer like about giving you the best paycheck or working you know in the best city or whatever brands and companies now have to give you more than that they have to offer you more because I I sit in a room and what are you giving me right now like you know what I mean you have to sell me more than more than just a city or a paycheck or or an agency or a, a brand like you've got to give me something like that I want to work into you know what I mean and that's something that I think people coming out of school now or university can actually play off like work from home and get perks but get perks from business about yourself you know 
don't don't let brands anymore rely and it's a big test for brands and that's why i'm saying it brands have to now find a different way to sell themselves because it's no longer about look at me i'm so big and amazing and powerful and i'm in new york or london is you can get talent from anywhere now and so you need to be offering something else that's a bit more true to its values and its honesty than just materialistics you know yeah and that was the catalyst for me going totally solo as you know I went self-employed September last year Mm. which was I was going to say in the middle of the pandemic but I don't really feel like it's ended (laughs) (laughs) it's just carrying on isn't it um it's still here it's still here so yeah let's just say drawing um Mm. but it's because I'd been I've been working for next and I had my setup at home Mm -hmm. you know I was checking in with my manager through um through teams and stuff I was managing my own time and having having done that for so many months I went I can do this Mm. why do I need to all I need to all I need to do is find my own clients I've already got a couple like the freedom it gave me being able to you know not have the commute and have have a proper lunch you know go for walks and stuff you know finish up and be at home all that sort of stuff I was like this is awesome I want more of this why and and it was it was the pandemic that made me realize how much I wanted it and that it was so much easier you know people Mm. were people were kind of getting so much more comfortable with having conversations with people on zoom and i hadn't even heard of zoom until the beginning of last year Mm. um so it's it's completely changed everything really um i think it's changed it for the better because you can collaborate with people from all over the world any time and it's kind of becoming the norm it's it's helped us as much as we were we weren't allowed to see each other and be around each other it actually helped us connect more to a degree yeah I agree um I I mean we talked about you touched on you know kids coming out of of college and university and and you know I I lecture at Birmingham City University and, and I teach on the second the second years in visual communication mm. and I'm already having some of them come up to me and say oh okay I've got I've got this job you know they've asked me how, you know how much it's going to be what do I charge um and there's so much that that they don't know and I do my best to give them advice and steer them um what what do you wish you had known before you started your own business? Um, I think that's a difficult one. I, I don't know. It's, I wish I had a sat and thought about stuff first. It's <laughs> <laughs> really being honest. Like going back to kind of, you know, living this life of being a little sponge and soaking up all this advice from people around me. I wish I'd have thought, do you know what? I know these answers, but I didn't. I just, you know, you just, you're so kind of 
caught up in doing everything right and and making sure everything's cool and getting all your, your the collateral down and you know everything in place and all the all the bits I hate I'm dyslexic and so anything form related or number related completely scares the life out of me so setting up all the fundamentals of your business and all that hated it but did it that had to do it no one around me helped you know apart from you know the odd kind of loose can you look at this but you know I didn't have my dad around and all that because again a bit like you I was I went limited like during the first second lockdown so I had nobody around me like had to wing it and google it and find anything else I could around stuff but I think it's more about just you know I don't know how I how I it's just yeah I don't know I don't know what what I would say I'd probably say more to to the kids that you're talking about about what you have to understand first about the the industry you're going into and then more than likely be creative that's yeah. probably who you're lecturing but mm-hmm. it's it, we were talking on the call about about selling in and about about delivering to you know an audience and we touched upon it just I think it's more about understanding the people you mentioned being liked, but I really got the, the the real, you know, down to the nitty gritty and the understanding of people when I started learning more about emotional intelligence. I'd done a bit, you know, in the States with like disc analysis. And then I, I came to the UK and weirdly like living in New York for 12 years and then coming and managing at a high level and then coming to the UK, I had to realise that I can't act like I used to act in America. I can't. I can't say the certain things like there, there was there were so An many audience. things like well yeah like lawsuits and HR and you know like it, it's a different world and so I had to kind of relearn how I interact and engage and get the best out of people and to get the best bit is the bit I learned from doing Tetramap and learning how Belbin works and understanding people and going back to your point about learning or being nice or gaining friends or whatever, as soon as you kind of work out the emotional kind of intelligence of a person, you then know how to deliver the best information in the world, the worst news in the world. You, you, you understand what makes them tick. You know how to start a conversation. You, and so going back to these children that you're talking to or businesses that, that are starting out, if you learn this skill, like a little superpower, you know who's on the end of that phone or Zoom or in the room with you you can work it out and you know how to key into these people's emotional intelligence and that is 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 the key i believe to any business not just to creatives like if you can if you can if you can read the audience if you can read your the person that's the, the key decision maker in that room and you can key into their intelligence emotionally and you can deliver the information and help them visualize what you're trying to get across then you've got a better chance and a better ratio of that of that shit sticking, you know, and that's what I learned in this country. I, I, t- I toyed around with it in the, you know, in, in the early years of my New York life, but never really understood it. And that's what I'd say to children coming through, like, you know, is or, or kids or new businesses, I think that, and then I don't know how long you want me to waffle on about this, but <laughs> I think the other, the other thing is like, uh, you know, I wrote some notes down here so I'm, I'm talking about you know the things that I was conscious of that impacted me at the start of my business was that imposter syndrome you know costing you know, understanding the value of me understanding what I'm worth 
Like, you never look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Like, what am I? What am I worth? You know, like I was trained by Damon Jordan, like Shark Tank. You know, I didn't mention him earlier, but that was kind of the second iteration, really, a brand that came into my life in like 2006. And I worked for Damon John, who founded, you know, FUBU, and I reference him a lot to you throughout yeah, my life. Yeah, like yeah. stuff he says to me still sticks now. Um, I would love him to hear this. But, you know, he, he was like my little guru, like, and he never knew I was doing this, but I would listen to him 24-7. He was dyslexic like myself. He struggled with spelling, writing, you know, all the shit that I was kind of dealing with going through my growth period of life in New York, you know, becoming a man, like he was in my 20s, you know. And, yeah, he, he used to say little nuggets to me, and my nickname was Shoes to him, and he'd be like, Shoes, you know, just don't worry about it, just... You know, or, he'd, or he'd push your buttons and he'd make you <laughs> retire a bit. If you tell me I can't do something, I will do it, you know, and not in a negative way, but he would always push buttons and say, you can't reach that, you can't make that, you can't do this. I would, I'd be like, you know what, I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and I agree. He, I've he, got that mindset as well. He is a huge influence to me. Um, I think he knows it. I've probably told him numerous times when I'm drunk on text messages, but... <laughs> He is like, and now he's, you know, you imagine like his dip, you know, he was like the founder of hip hop clothing. He was yeah. on that scene, you know, and Ali G wrecked it as a brand. We're talking about brands right now. Ali G destroyed that brand, you know, bless Ali G. Mm. But when Ali G was wearing like FUBU tracksuits, he destroyed the brand. Now, at the same time, people would argue he gave it some exposure, but, you know, the brand was dying off. And when I kind of got into Damon's life, it was he was trying to bring the brand back you know he had loads of other little brands people that don't know but like Kuji and 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 brands like that are Damon's you know he's got like you know many little brands out there um and I was at the phase of like when he was like bringing himself back as a person as a brand you know the Damon John Shark Tank brand now was no longer wasn't there when I met him but he was working on his own brand to bring his his, his zealous celebrity back to C back to A and I watched him do it and you know so it's through working he, um, on his personal brand that he's been able to get yeah. ultimately to where yeah. where he yeah. is now he has Shark Tank you know which leveraged him a lot but his brand came across on him Damon John came across on Shark Tank the things I'd heard I'd learned the knowledge that I took from him even though it was that fashion background he was still business-minded like if you read his books the stories he used to tell you you know, like how he started making his his first money, like at school, like you know, he was from Hollis Queens. It's rough. It's you know, rough as in it's hard to hard to make a living out there. Remortgaging your mom's house to start a fashion brand, like who does that? But you know, that's 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 a bit like what I just said. That's the dedication and the DNA that you need to succeed in in business. Sorry if I waffled. No, not at all. Like. You, it's you're really passionate, um, and I think that's why it's it's that passion and you know it's emotion, isn't it? That's what that's what connects us to people. Um, when when I speak to people about brands that don't fully understand brands, I always say to them, "What's your favorite brand?" Um, and for you, you know, tell me what's what's your favorite brand or one of your favorite brands. Isn't it? <laughs> I've been asked it. <laughs> um, I don't know what go to of mine is. I'm wearing our fear of God or 
on Nike or something like that, you know, it's, yeah, I'm kind of known for hats, as you know, but yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, I think my go-to would be a Nike or, or a Fear of God or something like that. And, you know, there's a reason that you wear Fear of God and there's a reason that you wear Nike, Nike, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many other hat brands that you could wear. Yeah. Now, why do you pick them? What is it it's, about it's them? Num- numerous things, I think, with a, a certain fitted cap, it has to fit right. I've got quite a small head, so some hats sit like... <laughs> like a dustbin lid on my head uh, but not, on, not only the fit but like the it, i'm going to go into a bit of brand terms now but it, it's it's the emotions around it right it's the it's the picture it paints it's the it's the demeanor it gives to people that see me wearing it it's and not only yeah it might be expensive but you know jerry lorenzo i love like jerry lorenzo started, started fear of god years back worked so hard to you know everyone came through like virgil Abloh and you know everyone else but jerry's been around forever and eventually his brand broke because it has he went against the norm he created a niche like anyone that knows it like he he was the birth of like sweatpants and bringing sweatpants back and you know how how virgil had all these little i guess points of difference or attention to detail would be writing and over, over you know over re-engineering products jerry brought out like you know tracksuit bottoms with suit suit jackets and six foot long drawstrings and he created this this scene you know and yeah I don't know I'm, I'm I love his brand yeah and I want to be Jerry Lorenzo really but yeah, that's because <laughs> Jerry's cool um, that's but yeah do you know what I mean you want to be a picture yourself right yeah you, any brand that, that gets hold of us makes you want to feel amazing makes you want to want to be part of it be part of you know numia talks about tribes like there's a there's a very fear of god tribe i don't see many people wearing fear of god but i was walking through nottingham where i am now and i saw a guy with this cap on that i'm wearing and he clocked me yeah. and he looked me square in the eye and he's like you buy a fear of god uh, you buy a fear of god cap and somebody else the same and we were crossed on the street and I was just like oh shit like he, he knew what fear of God was that was the first thing and then secondly I'm like that's it like he 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 you know he recognized that and yeah. he respected it because I was wearing it and funny right it's just um it's tribes it's it's once you buy into that mindset and you create that audience the audience click and bond and grow and tell others and and that's weird. it isn't it that's the power of brand 100%. And and when you say that and you ask people, there's always an emotional connection yeah. to why they wear or buy certain things. Mm. It's always, always emotional. You know, there's mm. they talk about how it makes them feel and how mm. excited they get when, you know, when people talk about opening, they talk about opening their iPhone a lot. And the fact yeah. that, you know, it's so tightly packaged that the the bottom bit so slides out really slowly because, and it, it like it, it's that anticipation of getting a new phone and all of these things. It's all about how it makes us feel and yeah. and and that is why that is why I love brand and that is why it's I the, say to people it can the change the world. Yeah, it's the impression that it, you leave behind. Like if you take all the materialistic things away from that experience, the, the bits that are left behind are your brand literally like you take take all the elements away 
and that little bit is is brand amazing amazing I mean me and you could talk about brand for I don't know how long but um we don't have forever so um before we wrap up um I just wanted to ask you um one more question actually um what's the one you can call it a hack or a tip that you'd give people that are on the verge of starting their own brand understand what brand is um the biggest challenge i think we all have as 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 branders or consultants or branding designers is understanding what brand is like and how important that shit is you know the amount of times when brands come to you and they're they're earning 10 mil but they've got no they've got no values they've got no mission they've got no reason they don't even know what their purpose is they don't know why they do this um find a way and i'm still struggling find a way to demonstrate that find a way to get that message across without without sounding like you're selling something i think that's that's the that's the niche it's not really i'm not giving anything away there i'm just telling you like if if people are out to start a business in our trade then you know the irony is we all we all kind of do the same thing we all kind of do the same process so you've got to you've got to find a way to to get that message across you know and yeah for brands that are, are listening or people that are starting the business that aren't into branding like branding is crucial like if you if you don't sell to your audience or if you don't know who your audience are if you don't tick every box that the audience expects you to tick you're gonna die toys of us died yeah blockbuster no, died gone you know they could have bought netflix it, you know you take your customer away from any brand and it's no longer a brand you know what i mean like and that's the hardest bit and again it's not a hack it's not something i'd say but you know, if I did it all again, I'd probably pay people to sort my business out at the start <laughs> because <laughs> I invested a hell of a lot of time trying to do it myself. But I learned a lot and I learned through mistakes and I learned how to do things right. Um, get a business coach, 100% get a business coach. You'll yeah, know the I've same thing. Um, they put creatives, they've got fucking minds that float away in a millisecond back and they pull you back down to reality. Yeah. And mine is amazing. Um, Nick Brooks, but he's the one that'll push my buttons a bit like Damon John. He's filled that void. He'll tell me that I can't do something, I'll do it. He'll tell me that you show me you can do this and I'll fucking do it. Like, I think they're the bits that, you know, they're expensive, but I wouldn't be where I am now without him. Yeah, totally agree. Especially on the bit about business coach. My, you know, I, it wasn't until I got my business coach that I realized what I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Wes, um, thank you so much for joining me today on Build Better Brands podcast. It's been amazing talking to you. And um, where can people thank find you. you, follow you if they want to connect and reach out? Um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Wes Henstock. Uh, my agency is called Confidential. That's C O N F I D three N D H L. Um, bit of point of difference with the backwards E, which is a three. Um, Mister Confidential on on uh, Instagram. Um, basically, I, Confidential. Just type that in. I own. I think the first sixteen pages of Google. So we're cool. doing all right. <laughs> cool. I'll put all those details in the show notes as well, so everyone can check them out and 
and connect and follow. Awesome. Thank you so much, no Wes. Worries. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. And you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. We want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a show tone. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Thank you.